All right, guys, welcome back to RTW's Wild History Ride. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And I am actually out of the loop this time because they did not tell me what today's episode is. I just know that it's going to follow our theme of the month, which is military. Yes. I know what it is. Will told me. I told Rhonda. I said, I'm going to let Thomas be uh, the odd man out. Yeah, y'all can't see it, but I'm giving them both dirty looks right now. I'll see if uh, he he knows the name. So my story, it's called Jessica Lynch, Surviving Soldier. Do you know? I know that name. You know the name? Yeah. So, um... I wish I could say this is a very happy story. I mean, I guess it is in the long run, but it's it's kind of a crappy story. But um, that ended well, but also not without its uh, negative side effects, I'd say. But okay. Do you, do you know who Jessica Lynch is? I know the name. I don't know who it is. So Jessica Lynch was actually a prisoner of war in the 2000, like when the uh, war in Iraq started in 2003. So she was actually a prisoner of war that was rescued by the United States. But with okay. some help from some uh, some other people that that weren't United States military, so I got to give credit to them too. But I, I was just uh, I have remembered this story very vividly because I had it was weird. Like I remember I remembered a specific documentary that I saw. I don't know if it where where it was on, but it was just about her story. And I remember when I was younger, like really watching it and it kind of affecting me. And I forgot all about it. And then when we were, said that we were going to do the military thing, I was like, oh, this will be perfect. I think this is a perfect story for it. So, um, Jessica Lynch, she was born in Palestine, um, West Virginia on, or Palestine, I don't know, I'm assuming Palestine because that's what it's, what it's spelled like, um, on April 26, 1983 to parents Deidre Lynch and Gregory Lynch. Um, she was the second of three children. And according to encyclopedia.com in one of their articles, it said that she enjoyed a sheltered and rural upbringing. Uh, she loved to ride horses and play softball. And she had never even apparently stepped inside of a shopping mall until high school. Oh my gosh. So, you that know, that is more than a sheltered. Life. I know. Well, you know, it just goes to show it. Um, I think, uh, I love it. Just sounds very picturesque to me. It's like you know, she, she loved to play her sports. Was you know, I, I guess a big family person. You know, like I had a very simple life, and I kind of think that that's not how I was raised. Honestly, I loved playing sports, not like horses or anything. But I mean, I'd never really like had any issues. Like I was always had what I needed. You know? Yeah, similar. Uh, I did love riding horses back in the day. Yeah, I think we were um, pretty sheltered. I think I, I would could, say so. I would say so. Like well, we didn't. Well, I I can't really say I was sheltered because my dad was pretty uh, open and honest about everything. Well, I guess sheltered in the sense that we didn't really experience you know, hard. Yeah, we didn't have like hardships. You yeah. know. Well, you're from small town USA. Very, very yeah. true. Very so. true. And so so yeah. is little Jessica Lynch here. Um, but let's see. So she, yeah, like I said, she had never uh, set footed inside of a shopping mall until high school. Uh, she was Miss Congeniality in a beauty pageant, apparently. I don't know. Uh, I, it just, I'm not sure what the beauty pageant was, but just goes to, I think, her character. Because Miss Congeniality, you're kind of everyone's favorite, I feel like. So I think yeah. that she probably had a good personality, had a good head on her shoulders. Um, and she graduated from Work County High School in 2001. So she didn't want to go to college. She wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, but her parents really could not afford um, to send her and her siblings to college. I think she had one brother that actually had to drop out of school due to like a lack of funds. Because y'all, no offense, like freaking college is expensive in America. Yeah. Like oh, way yeah. too expensive. I paid 8000 a semester or something like that at UAH. Yeah. 
So I, I remember I was there too for a year. So I'm just, I'm like, you guys, like, it, it's crazy. So, you know, she really didn't have um, a way to pay for college. So what do you do then? Um, in the summer of 2000, her and her um, brother, Greg Jr., actually uh, met with an Army recruiter and enlisted in the military. I do remember this story now. Yeah. yeah, we were really young. Yeah, we were very young. It, I don't know why I got it very confused with. I don't know. I guess it's because she was a young blonde woman. I I kind of confused it at first with like the Elizabeth Smart case for some reason. You know, I think these happened right around the same time. Yeah, I think they were very similar. Like I think I remember around those times. Like that's when like the the cases were kind of like getting pretty big. But as you can imagine, in two thousand, like this was before the September eleventh attacks and everything. So I'm sure when she signed up, she. Really really probably didn't know what she was going to be getting herself into, honestly. Um, but uh, I, you know, that's what I kind of say next in my notes. I'm like, you know, she probably couldn't have seen the extent as to what would happen next, but she did enlist in the United States Army. So during her tenure with the Army, she was stationed at several different military bases in the United States and Mexico and Germany. And um, she even signed up for four more years in the service uh, shortly before the 2003 Iraq War began. So on September 19th, 2001, um, I'm kind of, you know, going backwards a little bit, but she went into basic training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and then she went on to uh, complete her advanced individual training for military occupation, for the military occupational specialty, and she was a unit supply specialist, and she got that from Fort Lee, Virginia. So, um... Let me see, y'all. Sorry, I have to kind of go down on my notes a little bit. So before we kind of talk about like what happened to Jessica, like whenever she was deployed to Iraq, I wanted to go over some statistics from um, the war itself. So this is from an article by Michael Kelly and Jeffrey Ingersoli in March of 2013. It's called By the Numbers, the Staggering Cost of the Iraq War. So it had the war itself had 189,000 direct war deaths, but this doesn't include those that died. Uh, due to war-related hardship. Do what now? So it had. It says it had 189,000 direct war deaths. So I guess it's just including like soldiers of war, not like, I guess, injuries sustained or anything that was other ways like that people could die, I guess, like not from direct directly from battle. Does this include civilians or just military? So only? I think that there was like a civilian. Um, I think I'd go to a civilian one next one. Let me see here. I think it might be down a little bit further. Uh, it might be down a little bit, a couple down. Okay. Uh, there's 4,488 U.S. service personnel were killed directly. It says uh, 32,223 troops were injured. 134,000 civilian troops were killed. Um, it just goes into a lot. It's like 655,000 persons were di- uh, who have died in Iraq since the, uh, I guess, the invasion began. Um, it's just a lot. Like, there's been people been displaced. It's just like some of the general things, if you wanted to know. The only reason I put these in, and there's a lot more on that website, I just wanted you to get some kind of perspective because war affects everybody. So that that was like the big thing that I was talking about because it affected Jessica in this situation for sure. So... Um, on March 23rd, 2003, uh, Jessica was a part of the U.S. Army's 507th Maintenance Company and the 3rd Combat Support Battalion. So her and her convoy were ambushed They, uh, after making a wrong turn uh, near Nasiriyah, a major crossing point over the Euphra- Euphrates northwest of Basra. So I think in the actual... Um, 
I guess like from her perspective and like from, um, I guess like some articles, they said that, uh, they ultimately took a wrong turn because I guess the GPS receivers at the time, um, used in the military, they only provided like grid references. So it wasn't like turn by turn navigation types of things. So I think whoever was leading them ended up like taking a wrong turn and they just ended up where they were not supposed to be and met like a very heavy enemy resistance where they, where they landed. So they took a wrong turn and were ambushed by by Iraqi forces and they were subject to heavy enemy artillery fire. So it ultimately ended um, where they crashed and Jessica was severely uh, injured and knocked unconscious. So 11 total soldiers were killed, um, including Jessica's best friend, Lori. Um, I need to, I can't, I think it's Pistewa. It's P I E S T E W A Pistewa. I don't know. I would go with that. Yeah something like that. Um, but who she received a terrible head wound, I think in the crash and then died. Uh, I think several, I think it was several days later in the same Iraqi hospital that Jessica ended up being taken to, but both of them were taken to like a hospital near the area or that where they crashed. So, um, a, like she stayed there for a few days, she sustained injuries, but her location was revealed eventually to the American government by a leak from Mohammed Oda Al Rahif, who uh, had stated that Jessica had fought her captors. He had seen her being slapped by, I think, like an Iraqi colonel, like all of these things. Um, he states that his wife was actually a nurse in the hospital where Jessica was taken captive. Um, but uh, this was questioned, I think, by doctors working in that same hospital and basically said that, no, I don't think his wife worked in the hospital. Like, you'll see in this case, too, like a lot of like uh, kind of grandiose gestures like of Jessica's heroism that, you know, she fought everybody and her captors and, um, you know, she was stabbed and shot and all these kinds of things. And it, and I'll kind of get to the point a little bit later, but it a lot of it was just kind of like... Uh, just, I guess, not really real. Yeah, BS to make it sound make like it a sound, more interesting story. Uh, yeah, you kind of need it to sound like a, a heroic story of some kind. So Jessica herself actually denies all of these claims of any abuse by the staff. She actually says that she was treated very well. And one, I think, Iraqi nurse that was helping treat her was actually saying to her, I guess, to provide her some comfort. Because I'll go into the injuries that she kind of sustained in the wreck. And they were pretty, very, they were very severe. Um, let me see here. So a Lynch, Lynch was to be returned to the American forces one time, I think before, um, her rescue, like the daring rescue that they actually ended up doing on TV. I think some of it was televised. Um, but it ended up that she was like put into an ambulance and I think driven, uh, towards like an American base, but they fired upon the ambulance and had to turn back around. So I was like, I, she almost was out before then too. But, um, you remember, the, y'all remember Al Rahif that I talked about earlier that told, that said that, um, his wife was at the hospital and saw yeah. Jessica get abused and everything. Yeah. He actually ended up apparently before, uh, this big, you know, operation happened, he walked six miles to a Marine checkpoint and was told, uh, was told by the Marines to go back and to scope out the hospital more and to get more um, like information about it. And then he went back and returned with intel that, you know, showed the security layout, the shift change information, the hospital layout. He provided it all. So this was like oh, what wow. they needed to like get Jessica out of there. Because, uh, you know, along with Jessica, I think they had several other like, you know, American troops and stuff hidden um, in the um, 
actual hospital as well or their you know bodies that they had to recover so with this new information on april 1st 2003 um there were a whole bunch of people in this operation it included like a whole bunch of marines it said the third battalion fourth marines second battalion eighth marines second battalion first marines and navy seals they were to uh, set like diversionary tactics and to kind of attack outside of the hospital and get all the iraqi forces out of the hospital and then a um nighttime raid after all of the hosp- after all of the you know um iraqi soldiers left the hospital they would launch a nighttime raid on it that included the green berets the air force pararescue men the army rangers it was like a whole bunch of people involved in this operation and y'all can imagine at this time too um i think it was getting some kind of uh jump in in the uh, news force because it was like you know a big deal because they were like oh there's a woman alive and you know they could you know rescue her and i don't remember anything in particular do y'all remember anything about this happening like around that time or I don't know. I remember when it happened. Yes, I do remember a lot about it. It was like, you know, they they have they have her captive. We've got to get her out of there. And I don't recall exactly a number of you know what the number may have been of any others, but I think she was the only woman that was mentioned. Yes, I think she was. I think at least alive too, because I think her friend Lori, was, her body was there too. So I, I think they might have been the one one of those that they recovered. I'm not completely sure on that. Though. Yeah, as far as I know, she was the only woman that was still alive. Yeah. that was mentioned. Yes. Now I don't know. Seems like maybe there was another one, another woman that was located, but maybe not. In the area, but not in that same location. I don't know. I around mean, the same time. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could have potentially been Lori. I'm not. I'm not completely sure of that. I need to see if they ever actually recovered Lori's body because she passed away before they, you know, ha- I think any signs of, uh, you know, or they had a, a way to rescue anybody. I think, but you know, I'm not sure if they ever actually recovered her body. But it just goes to say, like I'm telling you, like um. You know, at this time, I'm sure, you know, people needed a little pick me up, too. And what better way than to have a, you know, a female soldier that could be rescued? Um, so after they stormed the building, um, they kind of initially saw some of the doctors and medical staff as enemies. There were no shots fired or anything. And um, I think a lot of them actually said, like uh, the medical staff there said that the Iraqi forces had left the day before. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it was because of the attacks that they launched, like outside of the hospital to kind of draw the forces away. So there was an initial press briefing by the White House after they, you know, had recaptured Jessica and gotten her out of there. And like I said, they said that she had several stab and bullet wounds, Um, you know, that she, I think once again, like she had been slapped by the Iraqi forces, like, you know, tortured. Um, But Jessica says that I was never any of that. She's under the, she says all her wounds were directly related to a trauma, a car accident. It's like, you know, I work in a trauma unit and, you know, no offense to anybody. I would love if Jessica had the probably strength to do that. But I mean, she had a broken back. Her right foot was crushed. She had a right arm that was shattered in between the shoulder and the elbow. Her left femur was broken. It's just like, I, you don't, you cannot fight people in that condition. I'm sorry. No, no, not in reality. She's still a hero. That does not change the fact that she's still a hero. I mean, she fought for her country, but I'm just like, you know, she's, she was disappointed, I think, in how she was portrayed in the media because as she goes into it later, uh, they described her as the Rambo of West Virginia, of the West Virginia (laughs) Hills. And she goes, I was just a girl who was, she is like, I was in over my head. I never fired a bullet because my gun jammed. It was like, I was just, I was scared. She was a very young woman at the time. I'd be scared too. 
Um, oh yeah, definitely. I'd be terrified. Oh yeah. Apparently, at the time, she uh, like I don't know. She couldn't walk. She had no use of her right hand. She couldn't control her bowel and bladder. It was just like all of these types of things. And she's had of uh, I think over twenty two surgeries um, since all of this happened. And she still is in. You know, she still has problems to this very day. Yeah. With like you know uh, all these issues that she sustained because of the car accident. So. um that she was transported to Landstuhl Regional Medical Center in Germany after this, and she underwent back surgery on April 3rd that same uh, year. Uh, you know, I guess that once she was rescued, like I said, she had over 22 surgeries since then. Um, she got the national hero treatment after she was returned home. She apparently, like, went to some facility where she had to stay for, like, an extended length of time, and she was apparently inundated with gifts and flowers. And... uh her and her family actually ended up saying that instead of sending her like gifts and everything, she wanted cards. She was like, I just want cards. Like, I just want like, Oh, you know, whatever. I want to hear what you guys have to say. And she also said that I don't want any money. You can donate it or, you know, put it to something that matters. Cause I'm not, you know, she's like, yes, like I was in this horrible predicament, but I'm not your hero. I'm not your national hero. I'm a, I'm a person who survived. So, um, she was eventually given an honorable discharge because of the harrowing experience that she received on August 22nd, 2003. She actually received multiple awards for her service. She got the Bronze Star, the Purple Heart, um, a POW medal, the National Defense Service Medal, and the Army Service Ribbon. Um she actually was severely critical of the Pentagon's propaganda effort um, that said that she was fighting and, you know, fought her captors and everything. She says that she was just a victim in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that if anybody else would have been in that similar situation, they would have probably gotten the same thing. But she didn't want to be a hero because the public can decide who they want to be their hero without having a tall tale told to them. So um, on April 24th, 2007, she gave congressional testimony before the U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform that said that the Pentagon had incorrectly portrayed her as the Rambo from the hills of West Virginia. (laughs) I think that's so funny. Um, She gave credit to her friends and her fellow soldiers and said that she uh, she and the public could decide who their own heroes were and that, you know, the real heroes of the day were Lori, who lost who was her best friend, who lost her life and, you know, a few of her other co-workers and fellow soldiers. Um, but the good thing that came out of this, you know, like I, I had told you guys that she wanted to be a kindergarten teacher. Um, so she decided that she wanted to go back to school after she got back. So she went to, I think, West Virginia University on a full scholarship. Um, she graduated with her Bachelor of Arts um, degree in elementary education on December 16th, 2011. Um, she actually was, um, you know, told that because of all of her injuries, she probably could never have children. But um, she did end up giving birth to a daughter named Dakota Ann, who was named after her friend Lori that passed away um, in that same, you know, Humvee that she that was wrecked. Um, she dabbed in a little bit of motivational speaking, and she now teaches fifth grade. And um, that's great. I know. I think it was a very cool story because. I know it's a little bit different than the ones that we covered, but I just remembered it and it really spoke to me. And I was like, I think it's cool that she was a regular person that was seen as a hero, but kind of was like, eh, like, you know, I'm not really a hero. I was just serving my country and yeah, I was just annoyed. I was scared. She's like, I think she was like 20 or so at the time or whatever, or however old she was. She was just a kid, you know? Yeah. I'm just like, that's scary, man. I was like, but I think, Jessica, if, if, like, if by chance you ever listen to this, thank you for your service. That's such a cool story. Um, 
But I will say the sources for this included her Wikipedia page, an article by Ashley Fance um, that's called For Years, Former POW Jessica Lynch Kept Her Hurt Inside. Um, there was a CNN article and then an article from USA Today. But those are all my articles for this one. Well, just make sure I have them and I'll include them with our posting. I will put those. I will highlight them as I'm highlighting them as we speak, as a matter of fact. Sounds good to me. But I don't know. I said, I think... Um, if you guys want to research that story, it's really cool. I was like, especially because yeah. I didn't know, because I really did think she was the Rambo of West Virginia before I read it, that she was like, I was just a normal person. Well, you know, and I remember that. That's exactly what was being said about her. She fought people and, you know, she was shooting the gun. And, yep. you know, I guess I envisioned someone like up on top of the vehicle yeah. with a machine gun. Mm-hmm. That's what I was envisioning. Exactly. I do recall the story. Well, yeah. I think it just goes to show too, like, you know, I, and granted, I, I don't know if all of that was meant, meant to be, just like, uh, well, think about it like this. We were at war. Yeah. People back home needed to hear stories of heroism and bravery and that we were doing the right thing and that we were doing amazing and that the enemy was nothing compared to us. So everything had to be exaggerated to make it sound like we were super soldiers, that even our most average, everyday, humble girls in yeah. America were super soldiers compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. Wait a minute, shoot, and that's I, how I most wars are talked about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love a good war hero. I do. Yeah. I, we we talked about the spies of World War Two. I loved all that. She, <laughs> the one girl that had a a, a wooden leg, a wooden leg named yeah. Cuthbert. Yep. I just like I, I do think that was cool though that she kind of took it back and now she. I think she'll she'll she says in like that one interview she was like yeah like you know people know who I am but it's not to the point where I'm like you know, kind of come at every single day and stuff like that. She's like, that's not what the point was. I think it's weird that the whole her whole life changed just because. Of one decision that she made. You never know how your life's going to change. Oh, yeah. so that's crazy. But all right. With that, that is the end of our episode. All right. So we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, guys. Until next week.